Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey Patreon powers, this is Tim and Guy. Yeah, you can't see it, but he's pointing at me, so he knows that I'm. So I know that he's talking about me. You've selected a fantastic film for us today. It is Bucky Larson, um, which we just started, and then I said, "I'm pretty sure I remember what this movie is about." And then Guy said, "Do you want to? Do you want to tell me about it?" Uh, on on Mike, uh, it's it's an exciting new frontier for the form. <laughs> it's a brand new segment. So wh- I'm pretty sure I have vague recollection of uh, rec- recollections of this. It's movie. off to a bad start, by the, the way. The film, yeah, or this podcast, both. Okay, but mostly the film. Yeah, I'd say it's doing a worse job than we are. We're not doing fantastic, but um, we won't get into that. We've only seen about uh, 90 seconds of it. From memory, I was sent clips and some links to this from people like... Was it around Grown Ups time? When did this movie come 2011. out? 2011. Okay, maybe it was, yeah. Because this is a Nick Swardson vehicle, and I'm pretty sure in this movie both his parents are porn stars. Yeah, okay. And, and he finds that out like later in life. Like Maybe that's one of the first things he, he figures yeah. out. He's just been fired from his job, folks, in the first two minutes. It's a grocery bagger. And uh, I think he goes to pursue his parents' profession. He wants to become a porn star. Honestly, this is not surprising. It makes so much sense <laughs> to me. That feels exactly like what is appropriate for just the, the materials surrounding the movie. It's a good premise. The people involved. Is it? Yeah. In the right hands, it would feel pretty different. But the idea of watching Nick Swartzen, you know, lampoon whilst, you know, attempt to become uh, a porn star. It's so negative. This could be amazing. This movie could be the best. Okay, so we're, about to, watch, we're, we're about to watch Nick Swartzen uh, p- probably pursue uh, a career in pornography. I hope so. Yeah, I cannot I think, think so. of a better way to spend an hour and 40 minutes of my life. We'll <laughs> see you on the other side. Love that new haircut. You get a lot of compliments on it. Thanks, Mom. Oh, don't thank me. Thank the bowl. Miss Bosbop said I look like Brad Pitt. Meet Bucky Larson. Get out of here. You're fired. Fired? He was going nowhere. Don't let these people get you down. You're destined for greatness. <gasps> Until he made... Tonight, we're going to watch nude movies. <laughs> a shocking discovery. Is that who I think it is? Oh. That's your folks. 
I'm the son of two stars. We were going to tell you on your 50th birthday. This is my destiny. I'm going to go to California, and I'm going to be a star on the silver screen. I'm the son of two movie stars. That's like a super, duper movie star. <laughs> so we just finished watching Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star, 2011 comedy vehicle for the great Nick Swartzen. Uh, Tim's guess or memory was on the money. Yeah, I remember there were some some trailers. I'm sure I've seen a trailer of this movie at some point. Man, fucking wow! Doesn't this this movie to me exists in like a pantheon of or like a bizarro alternate universe of movies starring, you know, uh, Sandler's friends, friends and family of the Sandlerverse. Who you know, I, I for all I know, there could be a hundred of these. There could be just the ones I've heard of, but none of it surprises me. So of course this of course this movie exists and of course this is whatever the listener whatever you sickos who helped choose this movie are imagining at home yeah you've got it you've got a visual image of what this picture is we will do uh, with your permission Guy Montgomery my friend and compadre and fellow adventurer um, we'll do two minutes and we'll wrap the whole movie summary like plots okay yeah all right our time begins now. So Bucky Larson is a grocery bagger in a small town supermarket. He immediately gets fired from his job by his uh, kooky manager who strikes himself in the face under the guise of having a fight. He goes home to his parents. He's upset. He goes to hang out with his friends who uh, t- uh, like figure out he's never masturbated before. They say, we'll teach you how to masturbate. They put a movie on the projector. They're Very weird scene. T- <laughs> really weird. Teaching him how to masturbate. Uh, but he doesn't get down to it because instead he discovers that the stars of the adult film they are watching are none other than his parents. He returns home to tell them as much. No one's weirded out by this. No, everyone's impressed and happy. And he says, this is my destiny. I'm born to be a star. I'm going to move to Los Angeles and become a nude film star. He moves to LA. He has a pretty rough go of it initially, but soon meets Christina Rishi. Richie? R- Ricky? I don't know. I always thought it was Richie. I could be wrong. We'll just call her Christina. Uh, she's a waitress at a cafe. Uh, she introduces him to Kevin Neilon, who's probably my favorite character in the house, who becomes his flatmate. And uh, it's not long before he goes out on an audition to be in a commercial for Mac and Cheese. He misconstrues the audition as an adult film audition, masturbates in front of them. We discover he's got a micro penis. He goes to... No, not then. He instead, he goes to a party. The director of the commercial used to be a director for adult films. You've they, got so little time left. How, how long? 45. Oh, so they go to a, a, an adult film party, a porn party, and he gets to see, uh, he gets bullied. That's when it's revealed he has a micro penis. He meets a director called Miles Deeper. Uh, who turns him? He, who gives him his first shot? He ejaculates on the side of some breasts. He becomes an internet sensation, uh, a very niche market for porn, wherein people like seeing his micro penis because it emboldens the men and women in relationships. Uh, and he qu- soon becomes a star, falls in love with Christina Rishi, uh, and they wind up together. And that, I mean, that is in yeah, essence, you've got it, the film. It is with how long left? Uh, Ten seconds. It's not worth and really, watching. And honestly, the only beat you missed out is that at the end... Uh, There's a little bit of they, conflict in the romance. A tiny bit, like 11 minutes before the film ends. <laughs> they just have to engineer a little bit of something. And, and you resolves. were you actually excited by that. Yeah. Uh, because So what happens is Christina Ricci's character is uh, an absolute sweetheart in the film. No, but uh, almost, almost to the point of something sinister because... She's the the movie is populated by the no, thi- like the dimmest most. Uh, but she's a woman, yeah. And in this world, women and men are different species, 
and and women are a, an absolute subgenre of human. That's right. This. And and in uh, the species of men, Bucky Larson somehow just through sheer like idiocy, Nick Swartzen. That like the premise for this movie is Nick Swartzen and Adam Sandler and Alan Covert, who are the writers, sitting in a room saying, "Hey, what if Nick played someone who is uh, like mentally differently abled, and uh, we make him?" Like have really big buck teeth so that he reads to everyone who exists in the world of the movie as fuck ugly. It's like, you know when you put straws in your mouth when you're at a cafe because your friend needs cheering up I and you do a funny to voice? eat your ramen. Yeah, it's a movie of that. Yeah. It's uh, Nick Swartzen doing that for 90 minutes and they released it in the cinema. Yeah, but so but, because of how thick his character is, he reads as a beacon of hope and light and accordingly to Christina's character is like... Desire, desirable. Yeah, he's a little he's, injured fawn that she needs to. Which is sort of just nurse it's so impossible. Um, but anyway, she is. She's like wholly good, and it's you know without exception, she's just this uh, maternal, um, you know, very lovely character for him who looks after him. And then right near the end, uh, they have sex. Spoiler alert: they lose their virginity to each other. And then Christina Ricci and the. Um, and the morning after comes back to the hotel room and she's like, uh, you know what, Bucky, I, I I think I should go and have sex with other men. You know, we both should get out there and explore the, you know, wonders of the world sexually, both of us. So I'm going to go do that. I'm going to bounce. And I cracked the fuck up. <laughs> so it's just like, I hope this is, I hope this sustains. I know it won't. I know there's some dumb reason for this, but... I wish that it was just her going, hey, you know what? I can do better than all this. I, I agree. In principle, I love that idea, but I was also upset with myself because I noticed at that time I was, I guess, it's interesting. This is probably one of the few in, like genuinely valuable pieces of research that we've stumbled into by doing what we do. Is that <laughs> What do we do, Guy? How we, would you describe what we do? We meet up and we run our friendship and brains into the ground. Yeah. Uh, by watching either repeatedly one bad movie or in the instance of Patreon Pals, you know, bad movies at the behest of other people. But I was upset for Bucky Larson because I had spent enough time with him. Like, I, get, I, 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 I don't know. So this is what I'm wondering. I was upset because... I think within the movie, the fact that there was some sort of seed of something decent or a relationship uh, was like that was the narrative drive that was pushing me through the rest of the the mess. Or alternatively, I was like, I, I was sympathetic enough towards Bucky that I was upset that he was having his heart broken in this moment. Like, I wish I could have reveled in the fact that finally a character like her character specifically had total control over her destiny and was like, this is fucking insane. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, but, you know, do, do you think that watching movies like this or, or watching movies as we do uh, has dropped? Sorry, what was the learning there? I, I will admit on mic that I smoked quite a lot of weed to get through this film. So what was the thing that we discovered? Uh, well, like, uh, this is what I'm wondering is, 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 I think it's damaged or impacted my ability to... Uh, you've lost the cynicism shield to be able to hide behind when you're watching a movie to go, oh, they're actors and this is shit and this character sucks. You're still invested in some well, way. Well, in some way, yeah. yeah. You can't help but be invested. 
Yeah. When the character is, is but up also at the it. end of the movie, you were like, because you, you they they introduce that conflict and resolve it within probably less than five to ten minutes in yeah. a ninety minute movie, and you're like, the pacing is insane. Yeah, it's crazy. But then I was saying maybe it's not. Maybe like this is normal pacing and sex in the city because that is a movie with crazy pacing has thrown our entire sense of time off nah i see other films from time to time <laughs> this was fucked yeah this was really weird it, it did um this is a compliment it didn't feel very long at all this like watching this movie no there's, there's a lot of ingredients to that and it's hard to tease out what was the movie 90 minute runtime's one of them what was the weed it genuinely was a short movie hanging out with my boy guy i was you know lounging in a chair which is good taking a break from some some very boring sort of um you know like office work uh which is always good gives you a bit of time um dilution what's the word i'm looking for Dil- dilation I don't know. It fucks with the perception of time. Oh, yeah. But it just flew by. It, I mean, <laughs> it really it's just, did. It's, did it fly by for you? Yeah, it went pretty fast. It was like painful to watch. And it was sort of, you know, it's groan inducing and you're sort of, you're looking around the screen. You're going, oh, come on. But it is, in all honesty, I mean, I don't have a horrible, it's, it is bad enough that it's fun to talk about. It's, yeah, yeah, it is. It's, let me Let me bring this up as a weird thing. This is part of a bunch of movies, and I guess media products and people. And this is this is a whole like phenomenon that happens where it's it's really bad. And there's so many things in it where you're like, that is absolutely fucked. You can't say that out loud, much less in a movie. But it's so consistent with that opinion that you can't. It's like you can't reckon with it. It's so wrong in so many ways that you can't. It's kind of the Trump thing, right? You just right. keep hiffing shit exactly- out. And so you sort of, it, it Trojan horses the entire project into your brain a little bit. I think it just, it's, these sorts of movies exist outside of, of time and space. They're yeah, like, or social yeah. mores or, or normality. Or it's, normality. it's not worth, it's, honestly, it's inconsequential. It's not worth the time. That's what it is, eh? It's like to do an efficiency rating on, you know, or, or what's this, like the payoff of yeah. trying to dedicate any brain space or time to critiquing this film just seems like a complete fool's errand. Well, and, and on that note, I would like to celebrate the performance of Kevin Nealon, who's a, he's a funny performer. Yeah, we've seen him live, I think, in LA. I think he might have been on at the store when we went in. It's possible. I don't remember that. But his, his character, everyone else, they kind of... Um, that's what makes. Oh, his- by the way, sorry for those who don't know who what would be a good touchstone for who he plays in the the Sandlerverse and some. In uh, little Nicky, he's um, oh fuck, who is he's he? the coach in the Water Boy. Yeah, that's it. That I think he was a Saturday Night Live member. Uh, he he pop he's yeah he's he's in a lot of the Sandler films. You know him if you see him. He's one of them. Yeah, but um. His character, everyone else, it seems to me that they pick and choose when they're really stupid or when they need to be intelligent to move the story forward. Yeah. His character, while the character himself is like, you know, has got no, is insane, essentially. Single ply toilet paper thin. Yeah. They, they, pl- they just pl- play ahead with that line of thing, that character line, like the whole way. So he's a creep. He's really into Christina Rishi. And, and he's aggressive. And he just turns up re- on screen to say "fuck you." Yeah, to Bucky he's Larson. really aggressive to Bucky Larson, and so he's always on. He's always on the phone, and he's always talking to someone you wouldn't expect him to be. Uh, and he always like puts the phone to the side to yell at Bucky Larson, and the things he yells are sort of silly and offensive. He uh, so when he moves in, he tells Bucky that 
He uh, his own bathroom, which is down the hall. The bathroom in Kevin Nealon's room is for him. It's his private space. It's a sanctuary. And so the next day, Bucky wakes up and he has to go to the toilet. And he opens the door and Kevin Nealon's in there shitting. And he goes, fuck you, you fucking psycho. So I thought it was my bathroom. And he's like, no, I can't shit where I shower. Is it this is, but I shit yeah, here. Yeah. And then anyway, he goes back to the phone. He goes... Hi, sorry, we've got an intern at the office today. <laughs> and then another time he walks in while Bucky's pouring himself cereal and he goes, whose cereal is that? And Bucky goes, it's mine, I bought it. And he goes, whose milk are you going to use? And he goes, uh, can I borrow some of yours? And he goes, no! And then Bucky has to use water. And then the next time when Bucky has some success in adult porn, as an adult film star, he buys a lot of milk and fills up the fridge, which is a funny visual gag. Yeah. He looks really pleased with himself. Yeah. He like looks, and this is the thing, is that this movie has enough jokes that a few of them are bound to connect. And he gestures with his eyes towards the fridge, like, I think you're going to like what you see. And he opens it up, and it's just filled to the hip, packed to the hilt with milk. And he just looks at me, he goes, now where the fuck am I supposed to put my grapes? And then he calls him insensitive. That's the <laughs> bit that got me. <laughs> and then at the uh, end, there's this weird through line where before Bucky Larson moved in, he was living with John Mayer, who skipped out and owes him three months' rent. And the last scene in this movie, on what does feel like a clipped ending, now I think about it. Yeah. After he experiences some success and is reunited with Christina, they move to Iowa, his hometown. He opens Bucky's famous steakhouse. And he's serving like a family. Everything's pretty wholesome and normal at this point. And then Kevin Nealon shows up and goes, you owe me three months of rent. You're, this is exactly like John Mayer. Just like John Mayer. And you think, well, this scene's got some space to go somewhere. And then like Nick Swartzen barrels the camera with his dumb buck teeth. Yeah, he freaks out. They, like, he starts losing his damn mind. They use one fear. of those sorts of Looney Tunes like yeah, blackout. It's, it's called an iris close where you sort of have... Um, like a black circle that comes in to envelop the whole frame. It, you would see it with Porky Pig. Yeah, yeah. He would stick out of the Warner Brothers okay, logo. That, and that, 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 that's all, folks. It's that. So the iris shuts and it just stays. Oh, it shuts around <laughs> Bucky's it mouth. It stays on his dumb fucking freeze-framed face. On his, on his buck teeth. And then... So that's the end of the movie, which is jarring enough. And then they've got some pretty solid animator to animate his teeth so that they like spy, they, cont- they extend out from his mouth and the iris close onto the black screen and spell out in cursive writing, the end. It's funny. It's so weird. And it's funny. I've never seen that before. Almost. I'm going to put it on Twitter. Almost worth watching for the end credit sequence. Just watch the end credit sequence. You don't need to watch the whole movie. But that, like I didn't I do you know what? I didn't like hate this watch. The movie is no good. Do you know that do you know that is in part because like the last two days we've met up and watched Sex in the City. And so to come over and to watch I don't know. This, I don't know. I mean Is yeah. it? It's hard to tease I, it out. De- it definitely feeds some of it. Yeah. Because I didn't mind it either, but I you know, like it's not how I choose to... Why well, does how I choose to spend my time. It's not how I would choose to spend my time. Oh. Do you feel like you've got control over your time? No. Uh, not really. No. No, I don't. <laughs> Which really bums me out. It's mainly because of this podcast. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I'm, what I'm doing is I want to have a look at the financial performance of mm. Bucky Larson. Well, because you, you asked early on when he first starts... Um, Oh man, they made this thing on a song. Budget of nine mil. And box uh, office of Um Gimme a moment. Man, Nick Swardson though, eh? Like what is Have going on? Have you watched on? his Netflix special? Oh, nah? I haven't. 
Do you want to watch it after this? No. Yeah, nice. I, unfortunately, I got shit to do because I have to watch Sex in the City every second day, which is yeah. really long. Um, I would love to watch that with you, but no. Have, you haven't seen... Oh my God, the box office was two and a half mil. This fucking movie lost money on nine million. It's That's not surprising nuts. though. You said the yes, first scene where, where he's being taught to masturbate. Yeah. Uh, and he starts doing it and he's, you know, like Nick Swartzen has to commit to these big physical bits. Like the writing is so paper thin that a lot of the humor from his character lies in his physicality, which is he's got, admittedly, he's got funny physicality. But uh, so he's like doing this big sort of apish masturbating. And uh, you said, who who is this movie for? Who is this movie for? And it's like, it's, it's for stoned it's for stoned, like, 15-year-olds yeah. who are also independent of being stoned, who are thick. Independently wealthy, independently thick stoners who go to the movies. It is a it is a weird one to try and think about who the intended ticket-buying audience is, is going to be. Is there a time when you would have found this movie funny? Bearing yeah, no, in mind... No, no, hold on, hold on for a second, hold on for a second. Okay. Because it's like, this is a children's movie, kind of. You know, like, all the humour is... it's. If you take away the swear words and stuff, the style of humor that's being done is so um, ridiculous and unsophisticated. It's like a, a happy meal of comedy. Like, it's so broad and just massive salty, massive yeah. fat. There's no nuance to performance or writing or anything. Everything's so big that it's like a children's movie. But the premise of it is um, pornography. So they have to have, like, naked breasts in it. So then you kind of, it's not a kid's movie, so then it's no one's film. It's that early teenage boy market. You know, the first gag in this is a retread of a gag from Road Trip that that sort of dorky guy has where a farm, they're on the farm in Iowa and a guy is seen digging his hand into a jar of peanut butter, yeah. smearing it presumably on himself and having goats come up and lick it off while he talks to one of his family friends. I forgot about that. That is how this film introduces itself <laughs> to the yeah, world. Yeah. It comes into the. It comes into your house, it puts peanut butter on its balls and it gets a goat to lick them off. Can I read this to you? Sorry, you were going somewhere. Well, I no, I know. It's, it's okay. I was just saying like, do you think, is there a world in which I... Uh, or a time in which you would have enjoyed this movie on its on its own terms. I don't think this one. And I am the first person to stick my hand up and say that I there's there's a lot of bad movies that I enjoy and there's even worse movies that I used to enjoy. Of course. Um, you know, when I was uh in my adolescence. And uh and that's just the facts. We we um sat down and watched Super Bad in Melbourne to unwind um at the end of the trip. It was a really nice thing to do. It was fucking sweet. I had been uh awake for a long time. We've been watching the movies the Real the, Rob. Real Rob season two all day. And um we got to the end of it and I had a, a flight where I had to basically leave the hotel at five in the morning and it was like ten PM I think. So it was like, Okay, this is the bit where we go to sleep and you didn't even say anything you just chucked on netflix and you put on super bad i was like hell yeah that, that rules that was nice but that that movie's not so bad but uh, you know van wilder still enjoyed it when i watched it recently i did the litmus test to see do, does tim bat still enjoy this movie i think i've got a fucked that, up brain no but that that is steeped in nostalgia it is if it you is. were introduced to van wilder now it's oh who i knows? couldn't watch it i don't think i could but, watch it this so sorry to I answer can, your question i i cannot see myself ever enjoying this particular film it's okay, too I'd like, dumb i'd like to change my guess and it's impossible to market to this audience but it's not for sort of 14 15 year old teens okay it's for 10 or 11 year olds who find it somehow on like a weird this is how i would have found it on like 
a movies channel that you didn't really know existed plays kind of bad movies and you watch it and the humor is beyond your age bracket it's beyond your sort of comp- reading comprehension but it's an approximation of the humor you are imag- you imagine you're about to grow into and so you, you laugh along because you don't know that none of the action hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and airbnb allows me to do that when i was in california recently i rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well if you have a home but you're not always at home you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to, so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic, I don't know if you remember, and the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. Uh, the another actual jokes are funny. They're all like in the style of jokes you imagine you're about to find funny. Oh, it's, it's a whole lot of setup. So you're just. Well, so I, I I just think it's it's for like it's for uh, pre adolescent boys who can't get their hands on an actually funny sort of teenage movie, and so you find this and you think it's funny because you don't know any better. Gotcha. And that's like Nick Swartzen's entire career. It's it's pitched at people who don't know that there are funnier people out there. It's like finding really uh, sort of tepid softcore magazines when you're 12. Yeah. Before the internet was around. Yeah. It's like, I have access to something here. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But you can't... <laughs> there's no way to market a movie with titties in it. How do they... Well, how, I mean, did Happy Madison produce this? They must have. I, I think so, because the main writing credit was Sandler, wasn't it? He? he was yeah. on top, and then Nick Swartzen yeah, yeah. and someone else helped out. And that's the thing... Which is crazy to Swartzen, me that three people he is, this. he is playing an Adam Sandler archetype, who's like a, you know, a, a, a thick person. Yeah, but... But he's got less charisma. Than Sandler. He does, and it also came out even later 
Yeah. Still. But so, can... like, in the 90s, Waterboy... It wasn't dicey. It did very well, actually. But I don't so... remember there being any critique. But 2011, it's like, hey... You... <laughs> the timing's worse. The actor's worse. Yeah. The movie's worse. Everything stinks about it. I am really worried about my own gauge on films, eh? Because in committing anything to um, a recorded medium and publishing it online because of how out of line what I'm about to read is with, with what I said about me kind of not hating watching the movie. Go ahead. This is the subheading critical under the Wikipedia page for Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star. Initially not pre-screened for critics, the film was panned by critics on its opening weekend. Review aggregator Rotten Tomatoes reports that all 35 critics who reviewed the film gave negative reviews, bringing the film's rating to a rare 0%. Incredible. With an average rating of 1.6 out of 10. And the consensus... i just like to say, you don't need to worry about, you know, your own opinion not holding merit. Uh, Film critics have a different job from us. Yeah. They're measuring it against, like, a, a... some sort of standard. Do you know what it is as well? I've always got a like a a very childish um, uh, need to kind of go against the grain. I'm a contrarian at heart. You are. I am. So it's like if the movie pre- should have said I'm not. <laughs> True. <laughs> nice. Um, I, I'm, I am, but I'm not very smart at it. So <laughs> the movie presents itself as an unabashed piece of shit, and it's like obviously I'm supposed to hate this. Yeah. So I refuse. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna look for any but pixel a, on screen that I can find. There is in. absolutely no surprises to me that the, all of the critics for like any you know, if you were separate from doing this podcast, if you wrote a review of this movie, yeah, it would not be positive. It wouldn't be positive, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, almost, it's almost punching down to give it a bad review. Yeah, this does feel like punching <laughs> down. <laughs> but, but Sandler's on board, so it's not. He knows what he's doing, even though he did lose, what was the math? Like six and a half, seven and a half mil. Um, so got 0% with the average rating 1.6 out of 10. Consensus calling it, quote, a severely misguided and inept comedy incapable of even telling its single joke properly. <laughs> <laughs> that is very well articulated. On Metacritic, the film received a weighted average score of 9 out of 100, <laughs> meaning overwhelmingly disliked based on reviews from 13 critics, making it the worst reviewed wide release of 2011. It was also given the multi Award for the worst reviewed film of 2011 by Rotten Tomatoes. Orlando Sentinel film critic Roger Moore stated, quote, The concept and the movie that comes from it aren't funny. And second, Swardson wasn't uh, any more born to be a star than his character. <laughs> a New York Times critic, A.O. Scott, stated in his review that Bucky Larson born to be a star was so bad that, quote, it may have been made to console every actor who has ever been in a movie that it is a little less bad than this one. Oh, that that is a little less Why bad than this one. Why do you do it to yourself? Let me put it, put the matter another way. This may be the worst movie Paulie Shaw has been in. Think about that. If you dare, go on Netflix and test the hypothesis. Holy <laughs> shit. That is... Uh, like what yeah Paulie Shaw's cameo cracked me the fuck up just to see him I think was what got you it was the announcement of him that got me so there's a scene where we're at the adult film awards so that we can have a turn in Bucky Larson's career where he becomes uh, critically celebrated in the eyes of the industry giants he ends up with a clean sweep 13 awards with AFAs taking down 
uh, the dastardly Dick Shadow, who is the baddie reigning supreme, who never has a moment of victory in the film, but we're supposed to hate him. I mean, he's being a dick, but at no point is he legitimately kind of empowered. But anyway, um, so that happens, and, they, and at the start of that scene, um, it's got the announcement uh, to welcome the MC on stage. It says, welcome to the, what is it, the 15th AFA Awards. Please welcome to the stage your host, Paulie Shaw. And I was like, fuck, yeah, you'd all love, right. You'd love to see Paulie Shaw <laughs> getting that offer come across his table. Oh, my God. It was so funny. It was way funnier than seeing him act in it. Yeah, the yeah. announcement that you're about to see Paulie Shaw in a movie <laughs> is so funny All of the people me. in the room are in, in shock and awe. They gasp at the announcement Paulie Shaw's him seeing their awards. The funny you thing imagine? is, it's so true to form as well because i could imagine him hosting the adult film awards hey paulie we got an offer for you here you're going to play the mc of the adult film awards in a nick swartzen vehicle sounds good has he got buck teeth in it absolutely <laughs> why but why would like nick swartzen has feelings he has well, a, a critical gauge yeah he's got emotional responses to things that are said about him how can you put yourself through this i know no one sets out to make a bad movie but everyone involved has to know like and this is what shits people about sandler because he wrote this but everyone involved has to know that they're making what is going to be just like fucking picked apart i mm. guess I guess there's the chance it's going to make money. Maybe it's a tax write-off for Happy Madison. I mean... Well, I mean, we are famous for saying the same about grown-ups too, but that made a shitload of money for everyone involved. Yeah, but that that had an all-star cast. The entire marketing vehicle (coughs) for that movie was, hey, look at the four people we've got on screen together. This was all like B down to F grade, you know, secondary players. Do you think there's a bracket though where this is the grown-ups of that audience segment? That if it's kind of like I don't want to be audience, elitist but kind of a trailer trash bracket of cinema goers who are like fuck yeah Paulie Schwartz in this movie I'm in I don't even know if he would have been in the trailer though the trailer mm. would be all Swartzen and not like Nick Swartzen's successful though isn't he he is he is and I would like to see his specials because I think his stand up isn't like universally he bad he have a sketch show I think yeah well like you know anyone who's done stand up for a certain amount of time they're gonna have a few funny jokes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, it's an interesting thing because it oscillates between the question you're talking about. Of, are you kind of getting it? Does Nick Swardson sort of feel? Does he take the slings and arrows just like that he's hearing? At hearing those reviews, which is yeah. so, like you know, but it, it's it, almost it, insulting that the. I don't know. The journalists have bothered to write them because it's like so obviously this movie is bad. So obviously, you know, you'd have to it would, seek it out to want to watch it. It would be like getting a professional top tier sports reviewer to go to a little league game and pick apart their technique. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, no shit, dude. We don't. But not even. Kids. No, but no. It's but Nick like, Swartzen. there's potential in little league, so it's not even that. <laughs> it's like it's a professional critic going great an amateur an amateur social sports league that they don't know that someone's coming to pick apart their technique. Yeah, like, like to, a social Like, club. to me, okay. this feels like A.O. Scott kicking in the door on Nick Swartzen's bedroom where mm. he's, like, making a movie for his own amusement and he's like, yeah. that movie's a piece of shit. But you have to... That is... That's just part of the deal. You're putting a movie out in the world with an attempt to make money off it. This is part of the transaction. I don't know what... See, this is the fucking mental gymnastics that it makes you do because you almost feel painted into a corner to defend it because it is so universally shit. Yeah. Like, it's such a badly written paced acted it's grotesque the thing that you're saying about nick swartzen this is interesting 
he must have really felt the criticism that came out with the reviews. But even in the making of the film, like he looks hideous on but, screen, but he's given himself a goofy haircut and the funny buck teeth to almost make the joke at his appearance before anyone else can make it at him. No, but like, no, 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 I'm in on it, guys. There's always a lackey in San... Like, it's... it's Swartzen and Schneider essentially play the same role. Only Swartzen seems to, I think... He seems to have better mental health. Yeah, he's because, better. He's like, better at being an honor and, yeah. and taking it and using. Oh, it yeah, to but his even advantage. putting on the front to do that probably takes its toll. Oh, it can't not. But if I don't know, you, you what is you Christina Ricci doing in this film? Now that's a question. <laughs> she is so talented. And she is, and there's no getting around it. And it's probably because she's surrounded by like comedy actors who don't need to be classically attractive to make it in Hollywood. She is so beautiful. It's, it is crazy how like glowing she is she on know, screen. If she wasn't in the like, I honestly think if she wasn't in the film, this doesn't. This, it would, the film would almost read better. Like if they got a different, right. worse actor to play that role in the movie, yeah. the movie as a whole would be better because you wouldn't be rem- constantly reminded of the outside world. Yeah, 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 definitely. I'm with you on that. But then, how? Who would you? Okay, so which do you know like, anyone? A, would you put in like a stand up or something? Like on a, honestly, in terms of acting performance, she's in the movie anyway. She shows up everywhere. She's never given a decent role. Jackie Sandler, Adam Sandler's wife. Just take a like. Yeah, roll the dice on her as she's a as a good. lead. She's too good. I would love to see Jackie Sandler starring in something. She's fucking funny. She's I, she's all right, mate. Now I think she gets given such dog turds, and I like what they're she all in her. Does they're all in her husband. They're all in her family's movies. Like, why doesn't she say, "I don't want to do that role"? Say that again. What? Well, like she has control over what role she says yes to. Yeah, not, Adam Sandler's not making her be in these. She's no, like, I know. Yeah. I th- it's the whole fucking Hollywood machine, right? Because she doesn't look like Christina Ricci, which is why she can't get those roles. She's but beautiful. She, she can- is beautiful, but she's 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 like not the same kind of. She'll look like she's nineteen until the day she dies. Kind of Christina Ricci anime character face thing, you know? Yeah. Which is what which is what these broad Hollywood movies always cast woman leads yeah, and yeah. you can put other women in it but they you know it's so hard to get a leading lady who who has a different look that from that like barbie I doll just, 3d printed thing yeah i don't but i mean i i don't think i mean i haven't seen enough of her body of work to don't you, know, you th- to know those but don't i don't think, think jackie sandler's cameos that jackie sandler's fucking hilarious I like her in the same way I like any secondary character or cameo character in the movies we watch and that i don't spend enough time with them to fucking like detest them yeah Fuck, you're right, man. I, I I'm filling in so much blank we space. Are, this entire conversation is trapped between having a total understanding of you know the mental deterioration watching these movies does to us, mm. and like being oblivious to it and sort of championing them for whatever they're meant to be. It's a real tightrope because obviously we're doing a podcast series here, so we have to we have to put our voices on, you know online up for up for debate like listen to what i have to say i have no faith in my judgment of films at all anymore whatsoever what, like what the you- worst idea of all time podcast has broken my fucking brain irreversibly for film critique it has done the opposite of what media studies did to me in my final year of high school okay so you went to the cinema recently i did so this is just a little experiment so you went and saw the Avengers. Avengers Endgame, yeah. And so that is, 
that's a movie that exists separate to the podcast and you can stop me here but like what is your critical analysis without you know giving away anything yeah. for anyone who might want to watch it what's your critical analysis of that film I find it I, it's a hard one actually because I find the Avengers movies really hard to, to review because I, I just think they've got so much work to do plot wise that I kind of forgive a lot of stuff that otherwise that is part of a review yeah I I think there's so much awkward exposition in those films but no professional film reviewers ever agree with me with that I think the, the so much of the dialogue and stuff is so like weird like Guardians of the Galaxy is always my favourite one in that whole universe because it had so much fun yeah. not the second one just the first one because it was so weird and it just embraced it but all the Avengers ones I really like them I enjoy them I love the epicness of it but they're so fucking earnest and long and so much plot needs to go on that it's just like, I feel like they don't have enough moments of fun. That's a sound review. So like, I, I feel like independent from the, the podcast and watching movies to talk about for the podcast, you've still got the, you know, the, the faculties. Yeah, absolutely. But you, what you are doing is when you talk about, when you discuss these things in public. <laughs> I put a G in that word. There is none. Faculties. <laughs> you are... I mean, you're pushing yourself. It's weight training, isn't it, for the real world? Or is the real world... I don't know. Weight training for this. Like, if someone asked you about this for... I guess this is what we're doing right now, so this seems like a weird question. Maybe I'm too high. But if if someone just asked you, like, hey, what was Bucky Larson like? You're at a bar with a friend. They're just like, hey, what was that movie like? Oh, look, it was really bad. But even when when I talk to people at bars about movies... They always qualify their question, my opinion, or, or they, you know, like within the context, within of the you, context of what I do to yeah. what, you know, to movies. And so someone says, "Hey, what do you think of Bucky Larson?" And say, "Well, yeah, it was really bad, but you know, by the standards That's of the my mo- job, by the standards of the movies I watch yeah. with Tim, like it was fine. It flew by. Mm. You know, if you buy into the idiocy of it, there's some things that you'll laugh at, but it's objectively a really, really awful movie. Okay, so let me ask this question then. So let's. Let's stop talking about the movie as a movie and let us start talking about the watch in terms of us and worst idea, okay? So the experience we just had in this room together? Yeah. So I'm saying, like, you don't need to bear in mind other people may take your opinion of how you experience this film compared to their own experience of it, okay? It's not an objective review of the film. I want to talk about your experience of watching it within our pantheon, especially of the Patreon movies that gets hiffed to us. So, like, was this a terrible watch for you? No. And why is that? Because I uh, I rode a lo- I rode an electric scooter to your house, which was fun, so I was in okay. a good mood. I thought maybe we were watching Sex in the City. I found out we were watching Bucky Larson. I was in a better mood. I reckon that's a big one. I, I sat down in a comfortable chair with my friend Tim, we started watching a movie we both knew was going to be awful so we could like you know relish and enjoy the moments when it hit and then if it was bad and we agreed in the ways it was bad we could look at each other and laugh and make fun of the movie yeah like all of that is fun that's all fun it's yeah. a fun thing to do and then it was only an hour and a half by the end of it we went inside had a coffee saw your wife saw your housemate played with the dog like it's not a bad three hours out of my day fucking a but sex in the city watches are so it's awful uh, yeah there's something very bad it's, about de- depriving your brain of new information. Mm. That's repeat. That is, yeah. I mean, even when you said that, my entire mood and outlook I shifted. I could see it. Yeah. Your body. I, like, I became uh, in a much darker place. It's like your soul leaving your body. But I mean, you know, 
it's not what we're doing is it's not fun, but it's not bad. Yeah, of course it isn't. Of course it isn't. You know, there's there's people with real problems out there. It just goes. Do you know what it goes to show? <sighs> Everything is fucking comparative, eh? And you mm. can twist yourself in knots, looking at everyone around you and 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 comparing yourself, your situation to those around you. But you got to kind of like carve your own path a little bit and just be cool with it. Mm. Absolutely. I uh, maybe this is the same with Nick Swardson. Maybe that's what he's doing with his career. It's like so hard to do. I know that everyone, um, you know, can fucking get their clicks and write their articles on AV Club about what a fucking monster I am and how terrible my a, movies not are. Not what a monster he is. What an untalented idiot he is. Yeah, yeah, blah blah blah. But not all of his movies lost money, you know. And you just got to keep doing things. I will always, as a as a person who has produced things and knowing how hard it is to, to pull something together, I will always have respect implicitly for people who try to put something out in the world. I, I think that in terms of the um, the, the spectrum, the how we wait, um, our right to criticize something versus celebrating that it exists at all is a little bit off kilter by virtue of social media at the moment. How far does that generosity extend into the like world of you know of cynical movie making and you know when there's people things out there need to be critiqued. Of course, they need to be reviewed, and we need to find out like what you're going to like. And also, if stuff is just problematic with this, which this movie what like it's just it represents so many fucking awful things on screen. It deserves to be called out. But I just think there's such a bloodlust and a celebration of shitting on everything at the moment that it's like, it's just, it's such yeah. a, it's a big dark cloud. I, I would and say everyone yeah. gets in response to what you're saying. I, I agree. I think in defense of this movie, it's the joy it, that's it, generated from shitting yeah, on stuff that it, I object to. It hasn't set out to, you know, it hasn't missed any of its goals, apart from maybe being a comedy for people to enjoy. <laughs> it, it, it has this a, comedy movie didn't miss any goals except perhaps being funny. But it didn't set out to do anything except be a dumb fucking movie about Nick Swartzen and Buck Teeth moving to LA to become a porn star. Yeah, and he got to hang out and with so Christina Ricci. I think what, you're, what, you, what, you, what bothers you or upsets you is like... Um, is when you know critics decide to elevate the platform on which it exists and shoot it down for things that... It's the joy... We should all be sad when something sucks, but that's not what happens at the moment. Most people are fucking chomping at the bit mm. to, to to relish in something sucking. But wouldn't it be so much nicer if we all took the attitude of like, um, if as a film critic you went and you didn't go fucking licking your lips going, I'm going to have, I'm going to win a Pulitzer for how um, verbosely I can shit on this thing. You went... I saw a movie and it got finished and it got released to cinemas and unfortunately it was very bad and here's why and it makes me sad that this movie is shit. I don't I don't fucking like a pig in the mud roll around and become, how bad it you is. You should become that film critic. You could sharpen your, your tools. It's not attractive though, is it? No one wants no, that. No, but if it's if I just watch the mental decay of a film critic who's constantly <laughs> taking it personally that movies are bad, that's <laughs> something I'm interested in. Yeah. Like you've got skin in the game with every film. You see, like, oh, I'm so sorry to tell you guys but again we've got another one that didn't quite hit the mark fuck man it wouldn't be sustainable would it no but it would be funny it would be funny uh, in conclusion Tim would you recommend anyone watch this movie no 
Absolutely not. Maybe the scene with Paulie Shaw just to hear the announcement, but not. there's no need to see him on screen. Thank that you. was the funniest bit for me. What Thank about you, Guy? Absolutely not. Thank you so much to everyone who chose it. Uh, Patreon keeps us going. Yeah. You are the team work making the dream work so thank you so much um and your suggestions are always great and always for different reasons like what know, the fuck was that shit animation one we watched two the, times oh, ago the, the something kids, kids. Of, something street the christmas one yeah that was brilliant and then um uh dc camp can you was imagine a, a movie marathon of just the movies that the patreon pals have made us watch we should fucking do it no, we've seen all Or we all should of them. have, uh, you know, what would be cool. I cannot be asked trying to wrangle this for the rights and stuff, but doing like a film festival where we, we the just. Worst play. idea, film festival. Absolutely. That's How a really that funny be? idea. Uh, uh, well, anyway, thanks so much. Please keep subscribing. Uh, keep paying us money. It honestly has, has kept this whole thing afloat. So um, God bless you guys, man. And we'll see or whoever. Yeah, you we'll, know. S- we'll see you soon. Jar. Jar is a god. Nick Swartzen is... You don't look like the average porn star. Oh, yeah, because I'm wearing a sweater. Bucky Larson. I've never ridden in a convertible before. Stand up, feel the breeze. Holy cow! Oh, you got bugs in your teeth. Oh, it's still moving! Yeah. yeah. Ow! Bucky Larson, born to be a star. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.